So yeah, we kicked off this series. Everybody say all in. And uh, this is not a series to make you feel all warm and fuzzy so much as kick you in the pants and say, let's go. Like, let's, let's be, let's do all that God has called us to be and to do, right? And, and Pastor Brandon, he asked that question, are you all in? And he gave us that truth that we cannot give God part and expect all in return. We can't give God part of our time, part of our resources, part of our talent, and expect God to pour out, open up the windows of heaven and pour out on us so much blessing we can't contain it if we're only giving him part of our heart. And Jesus, he set the example for us, didn't he? When he went to the cross, in effect, he was saying, I'm all in. I mean, you can't get any more all in than that, right? And there's this reality that, guess what? He expects nothing less from us. Listen to this verse, Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let me paraphrase. Jesus said, Terry, if you wanna follow me, bro, you got to be all in. You got to, you, you can't partially commit. And many of us, we live our life partially committed, not just to Jesus, but to a whole lot of things. We're not all in. And because we're not all in, we're not reaping the benefit of being all in in our lives. And it's as if we are dodging bullets dodging this calling to be all in rather than making a decision, drawing a line in the sand and stepping into our destiny, our calling. See, we, we can give God part, but when we do, we're gonna destroy our future. We're never going to fulfill our destiny. Everybody feeling warm and fuzzy now? Woo! And so being all in, God has called us to that, right? Like he wants us to have the full benefits of heaven in our lives. He didn't just go to the cross so you could get your ticket to heaven, right? He went to the cross so that you could live life and life more abundantly. Roy quoted it earlier, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you. He didn't give that to you so you should sit in a chair on Sunday morning. He gave that to you so that power could go to work in you and through you. Some of y'all need to sign up for Church Under the Bridge next week and let that power flow through you to the homeless population this week. So we've got to make a decision to be all in, right? But that's easier said than done, isn't it? Like, is anybody like me, like, like you're selective about what you are all in for? Like there's some things I'm totally good to be all in. Went on vacation a little bit ago and my son and I went deep sea fishing. I was all in, man. Like that was totally easy. Like 
casting the fish, being with my son. We were miles away from the shore. Like, I was all in. That was easy. But then there's other things not so easy to be all in. Like, like my wife and I, we started this 10-day cleanse yesterday. Help me, Jesus. And I looked at my wife because, like, we, we kind of bought this pack and, like, we we're going to do it. And then she's like, bam, handed me a shake yesterday morning. I was like, what, today? And I was like, honey, I said this to her last night. I was like, honey, next time we're going to do this, like, we need to purge the, we need to cleanse the house of all the stuff we're not supposed to eat before we go on the cleanse. And she's like, or we could just exercise some self-control. Can you say all in? She's all in. I'm a little bit, little, still, still getting there. But you know, I mean, if there's reward attached to it, right? Like, like substantial reward that comes quicker and tangible. Like it's easy to be all in when something, we're going to get something quick. Like, yeah, I'm all in. Yep, give it to me. I like that. But sometimes it's not so easy to be all in when it requires sacrifice. When it requires obedience to do something that we don't want to do or is not easy to do. Like that offering part. Some of y'all still a little angry, maybe hangry because lunch was getting close. About that whole offering thing I did a little bit ago because I challenged you and I pushed on you a little bit to say, you know what? You can't be all in for that worship thing that we just did and not be all in in that giving thing that we did. If I had a mic, I'd just... Not nervous. We've got to choose to be all in. And here's what I've realized. And, and you all know this too. We all want the result of being all in, but we're not always willing to pay the price of being all in. And, and it's not that we're lazy. We're just, we're just motivated about things that don't serve us very well. Like some of you are all in like, Netflix binge watching? Oh yeah. Like favorite TV show, I am all in. Like I will spend my time doing that, but I'm not gonna spend my time waking up early and spending some more time with Jesus and developing myself. Some of us, um, we're all in for a lot of things like um, staying up late to do what we want to do, but not, I just said that, the waking up early thing. Like how many of you love the morning? Wow, like half the room. The rest of you hate it, don't you? Like with a passion. You know, I heard someone say this past week that if you would wake up two hours earlier each morning, you would end up with 98-hour work days of extra time through the course of a year. Has anybody said this week, I don't have the time? Because we do have the time. It's just what we're motivated about. Some of y'all motivated about spending or saving money to get that new toy or that new outfit, that new accessory. But you're not motivated to save money so that when the time is right, you can invest that and get a massive return. So it just depends what we're motivated about, right? And we've got to make a choice that, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna choose to shift my focus from being all in on things that aren't going to serve me to being all in to the very thing that God's calling me to, that serve my destiny, that serve the people around me. Because if we will get motivated and inspired and say, you know what, God, I am all in. And then instead of rolling out of bed and whining and complaining and all and all and getting it, we will spring out. Whoa, didn't like that. 
We will spring out of bed with focus and determination and faith and power stirred up on the inside of us to do and be everything that God has called us to do and be. But the problem is because we're motivated by things that don't serve us, most of us are satisfied living with impotent goals in unfulfilled, unsatisfying lives. And how many of us actually wanna live there? Do we wanna live with impotent goals? Do we wanna live unsatisfying lives? No, I don't think so. And so what we have to do is make a decision. Look at somebody and say, you need to make some decisions. We've got to get to a place where we close the gap between the life that we desire and the life that we have. I mean, is that possible? Can we actually close the gap between where we're at and where we want to be? Well, I just quoted some scriptures a minute ago that God came to give you life and life more abundantly in the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living on the inside of you and God has plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. So the assurance that we have is if we are not satisfied with the life that we are living, if we do not feel like we are living fully into our destiny, guess what? There's a guarantee, there's more. There's more. God created you to be more, to experience more, to do more for his glory. But you and I have to make a decision. And so the million dollar question, right, is how do we do that? How do we do that? First of all, do you all believe that that's possible? Nicole and five other people. Do you all believe, I'm gonna make you engage this morning, okay? Because if you engage a little bit, you're gonna learn a little bit more. You're gonna walk away a little bit more. Do you all believe that that is possible? If so, say yes. yes. All right, I got half the room. Do you believe, like truly believe, like on the inside that everything in this book is true and that God designed you, he created you to live a life beyond your imagination? Do you believe that? If so, say yes. I'm feeling it now. Woo! This microphone's not liking me today because I keep screaming. So let's talk about this. Then we're going to talk about living the all-in lifestyle. This is not a momentary decision. This is a lifestyle. A choice that we make day after day after day after day. And there's two essential components. And we all know them all. They're, they're this. You got to have faith and you've got to have action. We cannot separate faith and action. We need both. Let me say something that some of you might not like. Your faith is not enough. Your faith alone is not enough for you to live into that life for which God created you. Your faith is not enough to fulfill your destiny. At some point, that faith has got to be mixed with some action. But first, you got to have faith, right? So faith is the foundation. That's the first essential component. Let me read you a very familiar verse in uh, Hebrews 11. Some of you can quote it along with me as I read. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. If we're gonna live the all-in life, let, let me just back up and let me define what is the all-in lifestyle? 
What, what am I talking about there? I am talking about being a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. Remember that verse I started out with? Take up your cross and follow me. Like, that means that you are fully devoted. You are willing to be obedient. You are willing to surrender your own will. You are not gonna live your life as if you have a plan B. You are not gonna wait for yourself to have all the instructions, all the details. You say, God, I'm all in. I don't need steps A through Z. I just need step A and I will respond and live in bold of it, obedience. Living an all-in lifestyle means that we have we don't wait for that plan B. We're not waiting for God not to come through. We're not waiting for someone else to give us permission to be obedient to what God asked us to do. That, that wasn't in my notes, but somebody needed to hear that this morning. <laughs> Some of you are waiting for permission from somebody else to do what God told you to do. Why are you waiting on some person when God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, put something on the inside of you and called you and destined you to do it? Don't wait for permission from anyone else to do what God has called you to do. That is living an all-in lifestyle. And if we're gonna live that kind of life, we can't do that on our own, can we? It is going to require faith. It's gonna require what we just read, the substance, the evidence. It's gonna require the ability to take invisible things and make them visible simply by faith. Because without faith, What's, what's it say down there a little bit? Verse six, it's impossible to please God. Verse six, it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must believe. Look at somebody say, you must believe. You can point at him like that too. Do it again. Say, you must believe. Must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, faith is essential. Yes, you know what? It's essential for our salvation, right? We're not gonna get saved except by grace through faith, right? But you know what? It's also essential for us to live the life that God created us to live. A lot of believers, a lot of Christians stop using their faith after they get their ticket to heaven. No, no. God gave us that gift of faith so that we could do some things for his glory in the earth. Some of you today, your faith is gonna get stirred up. You're saved, you got a relationship with Jesus, but today you are gonna be stirred to action at a level you've never been stirred. Like if you'll open yourself up, you will be stirred to live, taking massive action by the faith that God has placed on the inside of you. And why should we do that? Well, listen to this verse in Psalm 37, verse four. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he shall, everybody say, he shall. He shall give you the desires of your heart. That the Latin root of that word desire is de sire. It literally means of the Father. That's good, huh? Of the Father. See, when we delight ourselves in the Lord, he'll give us the desires of our heart. He will give us those things because we have aligned ourselves with him. We have aligned our heart with him. We delight in him, not in this world, not in material things. We delight ourselves in him. And then he will give us the desires of our heart, which are actually the desires of the Father for us. See, some of you, you don't think you deserve to be blessed. You don't think you're worthy of having a good life. 
you, you think you have to live the way you've been living and you don't like it, but you think that's all you get because you got your ticket to heaven. But I'm here to tell you this morning, you know what? You could activate some faith on the inside of you and begin to step into the destiny for which God created you. But it's not gonna happen just by your faith. Your faith is not enough and that's why we gotta get to point number two. The second essential is action. Everybody say action! Now, I'm just gonna be transparent here. I don't think many of you in this room struggle with faith. I think, how many believe that God is good? How many believe that the spirit of God is living on the inside of you? How many believe that Jesus died on the cross for the penalty of your sins and he loves you just the way you are, not as you think you should be? How many believe that? Just say yes. Yes. All right. So you got that. I think most Christians are deficient in this second essential. And that's why many Christians are not living the life for which God created and destined them for. Because we lack, we lack the determination to take our faith and combine it with action. We live in an imbalance where we're filled up with faith, but we're not following through with action. And I think God would like us to begin to mix that faith with our action. But listen, the reason I'm speaking to this, the reason I, I feel that way strongly, that many of us are living that way, deficient in action in our life, is because I lived there for a whole long time. And my lazy self that wants to do things that don't serve me like to slip back in that. Like my wife said, you need to be all in on the clip, yeah. And so we need to begin to mix this together. Good news is, guess what? The Bible has a whole lot to say about this. And this isn't a modern church problem. It happened in the first century as well. So if you want to turn to James, I'm going to read a few more verses here than I typically do, um, but stick with me because this, is, this right here is the all-in lifestyle. Look at somebody say, all-in. So James 2, starting in verse 14, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go in peace, keep warm and be well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, see, see, we could look at the homeless population in Lexington and say, be well fed, be warm. Or we could get up out of these seats next Sunday and walk ourselves, drive ourselves downtown and serve some food and lead some worship and give them the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got to put action. See, I'm not just challenging you. I'm saying this is what we have to do as a church. We, we could just say, hey, the presence of God is a good thing. You should get in that. Or we could invite Unspoken to come here and be on this stage on August 3rd, coming up on a Friday night and create an environment for the presence of God, for people to come into the presence of God. See, faith and action. Verse 17, it says, in the same way, faith by itself. See, it's not saying that you don't need faith. It's just saying it needs more than just faith. Faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. It's what? It's what? The, The message translation, that sentence, it says, isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? This is where I'm stirring us up today to take God actions 
Like, y'all got the God talk. Like, bless you, hallelujah. God is good. Like, let's, let's not speak nonsense, okay? Let's be all in. Let's begin to act as God wants us to act and do what God has asked us to do. Verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Let me drop this, the message, that that sentence, it says, use your heads. Use your heads. Do you suppose for a minute that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands? Verse 21, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he said? Is that, no, that's actually not what it said. For what he did. For what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see that his faith and his actions, his faith and his actions, his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. The message says that last sentence, it says, the very moment you separate body and spirit, you will end up with a corpse. Separate faith and works and you get the same thing. I mean, I could have just preached, but that said it a whole lot better than me, didn't it? The idea of divorcing our faith from action is completely unbiblical. And I'll be honest, we're in a church where we're pretty good at stirring up faith. Believe in God for the miraculous. Roy did it just during worship here. We, We believe that God can do miracles, that nothing is impossible. We believe that. But when you get in an environment of faith, sometimes you can get into a place where you have a whole lot of faith, but you're negligent in taking action, in putting those two things together and allowing your faith to be proved by your deeds. I mean, is there times when God is just gonna say, stand and stand some more, just have faith? Yes, of course. But if you read through Hebrews 11, the hall of fame of faith, there's a whole lot more action-oriented faith than there is passive faith because faith was proved by what they did. I heard someone say recently, there's a difference between understanding a thing and knowing a thing. And the way they contrasted it, they said that to understand a thing, you know about it. But if you really wanna know if someone knows something, Look at what they do. Look at what they do. So, I mean, y'all are here. You all understand faith without works is dead, right? I mean, we know that. Faith without works is dead. Duh. But the proof of whether or not you know that is by what you do. See, I would challenge that many of us, we, we know that God's not a genie in a lamp. It's 
gonna grant our wishes. We know that God's saying our prayers at night is not like our lottery ticket to our fortune. Like we know that, that's silly, that's ridiculous. But what do you do? Do you live your life as if it's gonna fall out of heaven? Do you live your life as if, well, I'm praying for a miracle and do you have a job? No, I don't need a job, I'm praying for a miracle. We've got to get to a place where it's not enough just to believe. We're gonna take it a step further to take action. You know, I think there's a good case in point Uh, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight. There's a real popular verse we read. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? Amen, can I get an amen on that? I mean, that's good truth, right? We're saved by grace through faith, not works. You can't boast in that. But a lot of times we stop right there and we don't go on. The very next verse says this. For we are his workmanship created in Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God didn't prepare us to sit in a chair. He created us to walk into the works, the purpose for which he created us. You can believe all you want that God wants you to use you to change people in other nations, but until you do something about it, it's probably not gonna happen. Hey, Sam, did you have to do anything to go overseas recently? Yeah, you had to do a whole lot of stuff. Had to buy tickets, had to get people together, had to get support, had to go over there and spend two weeks and get away from work. He had to do a whole lot of stuff to get there. Faith was not enough. It required some works. See, God created you and me. Before the world began, he crafted you. Naomi, Alfonso, he created the two of you and then he brought you together. The two became one and he said, they're my workmanship. He, he brags on how good a work he did in the two of you. And he's like, that's, that's my girl, that's my boy. And he created you not to sit in that seat. I mean, you look good there. But he created you for good works that you should literally walk into them. You can't talk about them. He didn't say that. He said, you've got to walk into that purpose. And so your greatest joy will come as you walk into that purpose. Not when you're sitting in that seat, not when any one of you are sitting in that seat, but when you actually get moving and do what he called you and created you to do. And I'll tell you what, like for me, like this is a very personal message because I felt like for many years of my life, literally over a decade of my life, I felt like my wife and I, we were living in a place where we had a lot of faith. And there were things that God put on the inside of us that he wanted us to do, but we were having faith for them and we were negligent in the action. And it wasn't until we began to take some uncomfortable steps to do some things that we'd never done and connect with some people in ways we never connected. It wasn't until we went from believing to walking from believing to taking action. And not just like, not just like little baby steps. We're talking like, whoa. And then God began to close that gap 
between where we were and where we wanted to be because we were doing what he asked us to do. He closed the gap in our relationship. He closed the gap in our finances. He closed the gap in drawing us closer to him. Because by the way, when you take those steps, you need more faith, not less. See, it's not either or. It's both and. And so I want to just stir this up that we, we can't be people just of faith. We must be people of action. You know, where's April and Jonathan? Where are they at? There they are. Everybody look, turn around, wave again. April and Jonathan, that's them back there. Um, they got a table set up there um, because they're going to Eastern Africa to be missionaries. Yeah, you can clap about that. Guess what? Their faith is not enough to get them to Africa. They had to do some stuff. Some stuff that they're, like, they'd rather just go love on babies and teach teachers and equip pastors. They'd like to just do that. But they had to learn how to, like, promote and communicate and work with people and, like, do some stuff. that like, they don't get excited about that. But they get excited about the other piece of loving on those kids and helping pastors and empowering another nation. But their faith was not enough. They had to take action. Y'all sitting in those chairs and we're in this building. Guess what? Marion and Stephanie Dalton had faith that they wanted to plant a church. They knew that God called them to do this. Before they did this, seven years earlier, they're driving through the city. They knew that they knew that they knew that God called them to do this. But they had to do some things that were very uncomfortable in order to get themselves here. They had to leave a really comfortable life that they had back there making good money and having great relationships and her family was there. And when they left, it was on the middle of a snowstorm blizzard and the truck broke down and they've got a one-year-old baby packing up in the car and a grandma saying, see, this is a sign you shouldn't go. (laughs) And they had to get here and begin to fit up a warehouse that used to be a bingo hall and paint walls and spray paint ceilings and do a whole lot of work. How many are you glad that they didn't just have faith, but they put action to their faith? Now, listen, this works in every area of our lives. Some of you need to apply faith in what God has called you to do, whether that's serving or giving or drawing closer to him or just surrendering your heart to him in an all-in kind of way. But some of you, God is challenging you to have faith in other areas of your life too, where you've got to have faith for your marriage. And you can't just have faith, but you've got to take action. Like, here's the thing. Like, too many, the world wants us to live in a either-or concept, okay? They want you to have faith or take action. They want you to say, well, I'm going to trust God in my finances and I'm going to give till it hurts. Or the other option is I could create a budget and spend less than I make. And they, the world says, no, it's either or. You either have to do this or you have to have faith. No, it's both and. Like the world would say, well, I'm going to trust God and believe I guess it's not the world, is it? It's silly Christians. Let me correct myself. It's not the world. It's Christians that say, oh, have faith. Have faith that your marriage is gonna get restored. I mean, you could not have faith and go get marriage counseling or you can have faith. No, just do both for Pete's sake. Do both, faith and action. 
David Hager sitting back here led our Celebrate Recovery ministry for years and still has a great ministry to addicts and people with hurts, hangups, and habits. Like people would say, you can have faith that God is gonna set you free from that addiction. Or you could go get signed up and plugged into a, an addiction recovery program, 12-step program. They see either or. David, would you agree? No, do both. Trust Jesus, believe that he can do miracles so great that it'll blow your mind and get your tail working. Do something, allow your faith to be proved by your deeds, by your actions. Listen, some of y'all using that faith card as a scapegoat because you don't have enough faith to do something. You're like, I got faith, I got faith, I got faith. But God's saying, listen, if you would have faith, you'd actually move. Because it's easier to stand over here and say, oh, I have faith, God's gonna do that. But when I actually start stepping out, like I gotta trust God for provision right here. If I need to go to marriage counseling, it's easier to say I'm gonna have faith for that. It's a little harder to go to marriage counseling and actually deal with my crap. To be vulnerable and transparent and admit that I messed up some stuff and I'm not loving my wife as well as I should. I remember when my wife and I first went to marriage counseling. I didn't plan on sharing this, but maybe somebody needs this. Um, we, we were kind of in a little difficult season in our marriage and a lot of tension in our marriage. And she'd been telling me, hey, I think we should do some marriage counseling. And I, this is funny, actually, because I didn't plan on sharing this, but it's so right. I was like, no, I've got faith. I said, let's, let's read a devotional book together. We'll do a couple's devotional you work on you, babe, I'll work on me. Let's pray about this and we'll get better and we'll get stronger. I totally pulled the faith card because I was scared to death to do the action. But I tell you, when we took that first step and we, and we actually went and did marriage counseling, it was like this burden lifted off of my shoulders and it didn't fix it all in one session, but it was the beginning of me combining my faith with my action and her doing the same and it changed our lives. Now she actually likes me. I'm happy about that. Listen, some of you have been living in that either or and you know there are some things that God is calling you and asking you to do. Some of you have got some health things going on in your life and you're having faith that God's gonna turn it around and God's saying, I wanna honor that faith. Would you please change what you're eating? I'm gonna go out the back door today. <laughs> Seriously, would you actually walk a thousand steps a day? Don't just have faith, get your tush up and do some steps. Do you see how this works in, in the body of Christ? How we can use faith as a scapegoat. We can use faith as an excuse to not do what God in fact has called us to do, has instructed us to do. And, and you know, getting in a healthy diet, maybe not right here in the book, but like taking care of yourself, your body is God's temple. Yes, it's there. So you can't get all if you only give part, right? You've got to dedicate yourself to do everything that God has called you to do. And if I could just kind of settle in on this, I want to ask you, what is God asking you to do? What is he asking you to do? 
I mean, let's talk about our faith. What is he asking you to do in regards to your faith? Some of you have given God part of your heart and not all. How's that working for you? Is it like this, like a roller coaster? Because like some days you're feeling holy and good and like set apart and for God's purpose. And then other days you're like doing those things that you've always done and not honoring God. Can I tell you, it might take some faith to give him all of your heart, but when you give him all of you, he's gonna give you all of himself back. See, we cannot outgive God. It's impossible. But we can't hold back. Some of you, um, you've been giving God a little bit of your time to develop that relationship with him, and God's saying, no, 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 I need all in. I need that whole take up your cross and follow me. Uh, And you don't need as much sleep as you've been getting. Wake up 30 minutes early and spend some time with me so I can speak to you about the things you've been asking me to speak to, but you ain't been giving me the time. (sighs) This is such a warm, fuzzy message. Some of y'all aren't gonna like me. Give him the time. Go all in. Spend more time with him. Worship him. By the way, that might mean getting rid of some other distractions so that you can really zero zero in on his voice. Some of you, you know you're supposed to be serving in the house and you're not doing it yet. And God's saying, all right, good, all in, time to go. You're gonna walk yourself right out here after service and go to that well, uh, the uh, central hub out there and be like, I'm ready, where do you want me to serve? Like, just do it, don't wait. You don't need permission from anybody else. Just, just serve. Some of you need to serve some people outside the church that you know you're supposed to be serving and you're not doing it. God says all in. Stop having faith for their salvation and start mowing their grass for them for free. Stop just having faith that God is gonna use you in the workplace and buy their lunch and create some space for God to build relationship. And from that relationship, you're gonna be able to minister to them. Instead of judging them and talking about them for that bad attitude and that they're cussing all the time, that they're gossiping, put yourself in a position to be able to speak life to them. See, we can have all the faith we want, but our faith is never going to be enough. Jesus could have had faith for you and me and never went to the cross, but would we be here today? No. His faith required the ultimate sacrifice. Some of you, it's your giving component, right? Like, you know you need to be given more to God, that tithe, that 10%. You need to give that back to God, but talk about requiring some faith if you take that step. The the loud one in the back, Nicole, I love her story because she wasn't where she wanted to be financially. And she went to an ABC's of financial freedom class. She got in a financial financial peace class with Jenny, which go ahead and wave Jenny, because like if you need freedom in your finances, that's your girl, you need to talk to her. She will tell you the path, but Nicole got into those things, realized that she needed to put God first, realized that that she needed to have faith to do that and create a budget. Oh my goodness. Spend less than, and you know what? Now she's given more than she's ever got. Hey, Nicole, you got any debt? No, she's debt free. Some of y'all haven't faith for it, but you're not doing the work that is required. You're not putting God first in your giving. Put him first and then you open it up.
do the things that you need to do. Again, there's other areas. Some of you, it's your health. It's time to be all in and do what God's called you to do. Stop making excuses and mix some of that faith because again, you know what? I gave you two, faith and action. You know what the third essential component to live an all-in lifestyle? It's grace. Because you're saved by faith or by grace through faith. I always get that mixed up. You know what I'm talking about, grace. God's power living on the inside of you, able to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. So don't get all overwhelmed and unqualified that, oh, I can't do it, it's too much. I can't take that step of faith. I can't do that action. No, 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 it's the grace of God inside of you that will empower you and enable you to take that step. You don't have to do it alone. And by the way, some of you have been trying that and it doesn't work, does it? You've got to trust him and by his grace, take those steps. So whether it's your health, You need to do that. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe that little piece I talked about earlier, whether it's a marriage or some of you have a relationship with your grown children that needs restored and you haven't restored it because you've been scared. You've been believing. Listen, some of your parents, you got some praying faith and you saved those kids and they're still alive because of your prayers. But right now you're stuck in a pattern of faith, 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 and you haven't taken any action to say, let's have a conversation and reconcile this. God will honor those kind of actions, those kind of God actions that require our faith. Some of you are business owners. Some of you uh, want God to change your finances, but you haven't done anything to that effect. And some of you, you need to start with a step of action to educate yourself about how to start the business that you wanna start. Some of you business owners, you've been like riding, like just kind of coasting for a little bit. And God's asked you and he's given you ideas, but you haven't taken taken that step and do it by God's grace and with faith. And if you take that step, he's gonna honor it. You're not gonna get wealthy doing what you've always done. How many believe God's kingdom could use some more wealth brought into it for his purposes? Listen, we got a whole lot of people thinking that million dollars is gonna fall out of the air and it ain't gonna. It's time to do some things that, listen, that only you can do. Because he put that purpose and that destiny in you. And he expects you and I to do something with that. It is time, church, to say we are all in to take our faith and to combine it with action and to bring the power of God's grace to bear in our lives for others. There are some people depending upon you And if you don't do it, they're never gonna get it. They're depending on you.